Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Listeners, welcome to this week's five-year plan podcast. Okay, it's going to be one of those pods. I feel like we should have a minute silence, <laughs> or maybe just two minutes in action, like the Palace Defence. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Very Five good. minutes actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's pod two hundred four. Sponsored by Vector Printing for your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and let's take with her. Okay. Okay. Good. And uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. Um, folks, how... Well, let's introduce the pod first. We've got Ed Knight. Hello. We've got Travis Endicott. Hello. And Andy Street. I don't like this pod. You're the, you're the oldest one on the That's pod now. That's why I don't like this pod. Yeah. Partially because we're talking Only about reason. that absolute shower from, and shambles from Saturday, but partially because I'm the oldest person here. We're, we're going to learn what it's like to be Kevin and James this Well, week, basically, I'm going to say, yeah. albeit, yeah. I'm going to turn out drunk. Which one's which? <laughs> which, which, one? which? Which one's my dad and which one's yeah. his dad? Uh, oh, that's good. Well, I think I'm probably your dad. Stop arguing about who wants to be my father. I know I'm the good one here. Yeah. I don't yeah. talk as don't, much as you. Don't though. tell dad that you're him. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm um, <laughs> already trying to avoid talking about that. And that's the end of part one. Yeah, Thank you for listening. Um, okay. We said on this pod, chats, a couple, two weeks ago, I think. No, last week. Mm. <laughs> we said, we posed the question, was it the turning point? After the Bournemouth game. Is it too late to edit all that stuff out? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, pre- we have previously said on the pod, uh, and I guess it was after the Swansea game, that that was rock bottom. Andy, if, that, if Swansea was rock bottom, where are we now after that Sunderland game? Well, we've burst through the base of the, the, the ocean, haven't we? We're, yeah. we're, we're ploughing down towards the, the crust, of, yeah. the, the core of the earth. I mean, it was... It was yeah, we're melting. Pretty dire. I mean, we, get, we probably shouldn't say, is it... Is it Rock bottom because I suppose a relegation at the end of the season would probably feel lower, mm. but it, it was it was the pits, wasn't it? Really, it was bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. A, I'm gonna pose a question to you, Ed. Actually, because okay. we've had loads of questions, and this one's from Dan Tuffield. Hello, Dan. Uh, and he said that was a very nice response. Yeah. Yeah, that's my radio. <laughs> it was voice, radio. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, he says one nil at half time is fixable. Mm. Four nil was an abomination, and it it was a capitulation. Wasn't yeah, it, yeah, it after. completely. He said he's interested to know who the pod blames for, the, for that four-minute capitulation. Uh, I, I don't know, the, the whole squad, I guess, for capitulating. It yeah. was like, I think, like Sam said, the fear, 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 fear. It's, um, I don't know, if you can hold out for 42 minutes without conceding a goal, you shouldn't then immediately, be, the whole squad be switching to not being able to hold out for another four without conceding three. Why... why? Why? Where's the fear come from? Why are they scared, Travis? What? What's happened? Because they're like Sunday League players when they concede, they just fall apart. <laughs> I have absolutely zero, zero, <laughs> zero idea. Well, it's funny because Trav and I were saying before the pod, weren't we? Like it was how, almost the game that defies explanation. Yeah, is you kind of the amount of times I've been here and I've. I've kind of I haven't made excuses. I've tried to look for reasons, rationalize, yeah, and tried to rationalize yeah. why. I can't, I cannot put my finger on that at all. One tiny little bit, one tiny little bit. There's nothing I can think of that really. There's there's two instances that I can think of in that game which possibly could have. Cha- not that it 
it makes any excuse for conceding three goals against Sunderland in five minutes mm. bearing in mind we've just signed their second top goal scorer so <laughs> that, I mean that oh, just God. rubs the inside into your thing. he must have had yeah. the most horrid yeah. time because he was getting booed every time he went near the ball but yeah. the two things I think that kind of changed it I mean I think these both happened after we went 1-0 down anyway in nine minutes which can change things but the one was the red card that I think Larson should have had against Zaha yeah. and the other one which I haven't heard many people mention purely because we fall down at half-time against Sunderland, you don't really want to think about it too much, is the Kabai going off. Mm. Because yeah. Ledley came on, and for me, Ledley was good last season for the first half. When we were fifth in the league and him and MacArthur, they were working well just in front of that back four and Punchin was running things attacking-wise. Punchin's been dropping a lot deeper and has been for the past year. Kabai seemed like the only one who could make that bit of space and link up the our attack from our defence with this new formation that Allardyce is trying to do and he went off and it just we just we, we, there was a gap in the middle of the park so should it have been Flamini then they came on or, or possibly I don't know but you see that that's what I'm saying I'm making I'm looking it's for a reason a, it's not really a like for like switch no it's it, not no. like there's, it, I'm looking for reasons I'm looking for things that could have possibly changed the game but at the end of the day there is zero 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 excuse for conceding oh, those the, goals uh, consolation piece <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned Punchin because he had. We were just watching the highlights. We were forcing ourselves to look at the highlights again when we Andy just to kind of remind ourselves of it. And Punch gave the ball away for the first goal. I think that led to the free kick. He's not had any sort of impact that we know he can have for the last since the FA Cup final, possibly. And it seems like you're talking about Ledley. We've now got a few players in our squad that we're just sort of carrying along for the ride, I guess, that aren't doing what we know they can do. If Ledley had a run in the team, I think it would help him out. In the same way that Jedi, when he was dropped for the first half of last season, pretty much, mm. and we had a few injuries and Pardew was forced to play him back into the squad, he didn't have the greatest three or four games, but he got into it and he was all right. But you can't, in the situation we're in, we can't be giving players three or four games to get into it and get a feel for the, the Premier League again. We, we haven't got a time for that. No, we haven't got no. time for that at all. We do, I, I didn't think we had time for that when it was 5-4 against Swansea. No. And it seems like we're still just about getting away with it. And thank God for Jesus, Gabriel Jesus for Man City for scoring in the last minute against Swansea because if they had got that, you know. You, you were still two points below three other teams and it's still just about doable. We're just making the job so much harder for ourselves and the confidence is... can't see where it's coming from. Well, confidence has gone, hasn't it? It's funny, I, I, it reminded me that complete capitulation I don't know if you've read Matthew Saeed's book Bounce and he talks about choking and he goes into some detail of why he thinks choking happens and brings up some uh, sort of examples of it like Greg Norman I think it was collapsing against Faldo years ago um, Jana Novotna at Wimbledon it's almost like trying so hard and focusing on what would usually come intuitively that basically you start seizing up and don't actually do what you've trained over the course of many decades to do that can be the only explanation for that sort of capitulation over that short a period. It cannot just be tactical. It cannot just be linked to the effort of the players or how good they are. Because, frankly, when has that ever happened before to Palace, to a team of Sunderland's Hill? I know there have been instances where you get a team hit too quickly on, on the break. And it happened to us earlier in the season again. Swansea away, for example. But to have that happen in that magnitude against a team who've only got one goal scorer, mm. 75% of their goals have come from Jermaine Defoe this season, it can only be linked to some form of psychological black spot that, the, that the certain players in that team seem to have at the moment. And I don't know whether that is then improved by the likes of Saka and Luca coming in who don't have that sort of link to the tainted recent past or it's something that they might just get over because it was effectively you know, the equivalent of a brain fart. I don't know the answer to it, but... It seems to me that it's slightly misplaced by some people because it was so anomalous. It was such an aberration that that sort of thing doesn't usually happen. It's not like they didn't put any effort in over 90 minutes and Sunderland scored a goal every 20 minutes, completely took us apart, deserved to win by four, five, six, seven, eight. It wasn't that sort of game. It was a weird game. No, we ended up having probably more chances than, than them, having quite a few clear-cut ones, and yet we still managed to capitulate in the way that we did. Well, the, the, that sort of um, clinical diagnosis of choking looks exactly like what Tompkins does with a header. That's pretty much a setter, you know. And we were everyone was really surprised when he didn't score it. When he gets turned as well, it's the same sort of thing. Just, just a little bit of a short circuit, you know. So in a, in a way, then, uh, should we really be so critical? Because 
Is it not just an, an anomaly? An anomaly, sorry. Um, is it not just, like you say, a brain fart and f- for 42 minutes, palettes were okay and it was just this weird little thing that happened and maybe we're just kind of an- overanalyzing it? Well, I, I, it's, it's a difficult one to, to answer that particular question because it's not like in an individual sport where, for example, I don't know any of you watched golf and saw Rory McIlroy a few years back when he completely had a meltdown on the last day of one of the majors threw away like a 15 shot lead like they have big distances between big tournaments that it's an individual sport they will eventually groove their way back into it you don't have Falcons the other day yes the the Atlanta Falcons I mean these these things do happen in sport the problem is Palace now have a period in which we need to work our way through that and we can't risk that happening again and there have been instances where it's not happened quite to that extent but if you wanted to I suppose explain the Swansea result in some ways you could say that there was an element of it there, albeit not quite as acute. If we were eighth and we'd chill like that, it wouldn't be as important yeah. as it is now, obviously. And obviously it's against the worst team in the league, a team yeah. that had only won once away all season. Like yeah. it, it looks bad. A lot and of we us were expecting to. Away all season. Yeah. yeah, it looks bad. We've, we've got, I mean, there's, there's a question on kind of that, the chokingness and the fear from Gavin. Hi, Gavin. Oh. And he said, do you agree with, and he's put this in quotes, Palace are scared to play at Selhurst? If, does it, it does kind of feel like that a bit, doesn't it? The well, the home record, record is that is much worse, terrible. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The home record is appalling. And JD, you were down at Bournemouth with me on, on the Tuesday. And the difference between the confidence in that team on the Tuesday and the way things seemed to seep, seep out of them on the Saturday was just unbelievable. It, it was almost defied explanation again. And that wasn't just down to the three goals that, that went in, in in quick succession. You could see it in the way that Wilf was reacting to being booted up in the air when he was being booted up in the air down at Bournemouth. You could see it in how the midfield was suddenly looking around like they didn't know where they were supposed to be despite being so well drilled four, four days before. You could see it, the, the central defenders, despite looking super resolute down at Dean Court or whatever they call it now, Vitality Stadium, they, they looked like they didn't have an absolute clue on Saturday. So, I mean, there's got to be an element of that in it. But, unfortunately, we've got some big games at Selhurst coming up. We're playing Leicester at home, mm-hmm. still, I think. Borough at home. Borough at home. Hull at home. Hull. You know, the winnable games that we've got against the teams that we would be perceiving ourselves as having a good chance against mm. are all at home. And again, it makes it even harder now. We said it after Swansea as well. When you have had a result like that against the worst team in the league, it just makes it that much harder psychologically to yeah. say, oh, well, we can get three points against especially Borough. We when three we thought, points against Hull. Especially when we thought Bournemouth was... Maybe not a turning point, but there was us getting back on track in yeah. a way. So that makes this defeat even harder to oh, take. Mate, it brings us all back down again. Everyone that I spoke to thought just assumed we were going to be fifteenth by the end of by the end of the day. Well, this is, that's, where, that's yeah. where almost the problem lies, yeah. and it's yeah. what a few people said. It's the players have done that against Bournemouth, and it's almost like they thought themselves we're back. Yeah. They've come out. The fans were a lot louder at the game on the weekend than I've heard them. All season, almost. It was almost like the whole, the the whole club least, felt. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what? They're, we've seen something now. That you can think the players, and it just all went. To, it was almost as if that's the reason why, because that going in the ninth minute, Kabai went off. They didn't get the red card. It was possibly a foul on Hennessy for the first goal, and yeah. it was just like these things thinking, oh, it's not going against us because we're at home again. It's almost like they just. You could see the heads go down when, especially when the yeah. third goal went in. So does that taking all that into account? Does that make the reaction of of the, some of the Palace fans, of the, the chanting of "You're not fit to wear the shirt," the, the bloke that people, jumped onto the pitch, the guy that jumped onto the pitch, was he has since apologised. He has apologised. Yeah. Obviously, you know, but not you know, allowed still, to do that. Stupid to do. do yeah. Was that was that all overreaction? Do you think from Palace fans, given given that it was seven minutes of just madness? Well, no, because it is the culmination of a year's worth of poor form, and it is mm. the culmination of a period in which Palace have, from top to bottom, been complacent and been slightly hubristic. You look at before the match you had the chairman coming out saying this is the most talented squad we've ever had you had Allardyce singing in the press conference hey big spender you had, these are all yeah. statements of fact these are not me even voicing opinions yeah. you had Patrick Van Arnholt talking about how we just fundamentally and as a matter of fact have a better squad than Sunderland when fans hear that sense of entitlement that sense of mm. arrogance and that sense of complacency it's only natural that you're going to get some fairly overt reactions yes the manner in which it's come about was a complete anomaly. But when that anomaly comes in the context of a team who not that long ago were talking about being in Europe and a team who thought that they more or less completed football when they bought Benteke or when they bought Caballo, similarly recently when the uh, spending in the transfer window was what it was or when we got one result away at Bournemouth, it's no surprise that fans get frustrated. But are we not a team, uh, I feel like we've said this years down the line, we are a team that likes to be a bit flash, aren't we? We We're a brash South London team, don't we? we, Isn't that part of us? No, I I I think in recent years, 
years, fans have been happiest and Palace have been at their best when we have been back to the walls, kind of humble about how we go things. People, when they they talk about you know the Flash Harry thing, are probably thinking of the likes of I don't know um, Simon Jordan and Malcolm Allison and yeah. all those sort of iconic figures. In recent years, we've been at our best when we've been a bit more humble about how we do our business. Yeah, and the the sort of I wouldn't say it was the, the peak of Palace recently, but the, the time at which we seemed to have some sort of coherent plan was when we were going about our transfer business, for example, mm. in a slightly more modest manner, when we were looking for bargains rather than going, oh, sheets, here's 32 million quid for Benteke. So I don't really think m- myself that that is when Palace are at their best. But you can't be like that forever, can you? Does there not have to be, and we've used the word progress on this pod, some sort of... Like you're going somewhere, you can't you can't constantly well, be kind I, of within your means forever, can you? I read a, um, a article the other day. It was about the um, what they called it, the lads who pay for Leeds with Vinnie Jones or that. What they called the, the gang or whatever. Crazy gang. Yeah, but they come from. They'd just gone up and up and up and up and up, and they they were people just saying, yeah, they continue to just play the same style of football that people were moaning about at that time because it um it wasn't suited to the new style of football that in England, but. We've always been like Wilf. Wilf said after the Bournemouth game, "Oh, we're always a team that soaks up pressure, and then we we take so it on the break." <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't see the frown, and you can't see the frown. Um, but that I and there has been someone that has said to me, and I heard it a few people just say, "It doesn't feel like I'm going to Palace at the moment." The big spending and all this, and it hmm. you can't you can't deny it. It can't not happen with the amount of money that's come into the Premier League and this hmm. and that. It's it's hard to avoid, but at the same time, I can f- understand it. And maybe that is what the problem is with us playing at home. It's just that the, the whole there's a thing in the club at the moment where people feel as though we're slowly, slowly losing a bit of our identity. All these people saying about oh they're all getting paid too much and blah blah blah. In but they all still pay the Sky Sports subscription and mm. buy the season ticket anyway, paying them. Um, but the one thing I don't I don't think the players aren't hurt because there's a few people that are saying that the identity of the club's gone. These players will go in there, but they're still getting hundred grand a week. They're not going to care. Blah blah blah. I guarantee you they will all go in there and they would have been. Bollock to half time, and they would have all they wanted to do was go home. Did you see Joel Ward's post match interview? He looked like he was no. about to cry. Really? He, he does quite often look like he's about to cry. <laughs> yeah. He was, but he was just, he looked completely shell shocked by it and really sort of, I don't know what's happened here, we need to fix this. Well, J- James Endicott has said numerous times in his pod, he's, he's, he's said, you know, these guys have trained to win football matches since yeah. the age of eight. Can't believe That's all they know. They That's their want sole yeah, professional yeah. objective. It's not like they go out there. If it is about the money, not to they win. get a win bonus. So well, yeah, 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 exactly, aside from yeah. anything else, yeah. Um, but goal, goal bonus, exactly. It's, yeah. I just, I, it is a really, 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 really difficult one to put your finger on at the moment. But, but equally, it makes it more not. difficult for fans, I guess, to forgive no, exactly. when they see. Well, you know, it's it's not Dean Moxie at left back and Jimmy Kebe playing right wing anymore. Exactly. And Cameron Jerome up front. You just get Simpson scoring goal. <laughs> what a time! That well, was. no, it's it's not a team that's full of players who you go. They're not very good. I mean, they're not yeah. functioning as a team. They're clearly dysfunctional as a unit. But it's it's a team where you look at it and go, they shouldn't be conceding three goals in two minutes. So the only explanation you can possibly come up with, even though it's probably not the right explanation, is well, they just don't care. Yeah. Like you, you said before, it's the that lack of passion argument is a very, very easy one to make. It's a bit of a scapegoat sort of thing. Mm. Uh, I think we need a big Serbian man. To <laughs> if only we had someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess taking all that into account, it, is it it's hard to kind of blame Allardyce for anything at the moment, isn't it? Because they'll have. You can't you can't legislate for that seven minutes, can you? No. You know, and the and the fans weren't the fans were, were clearly targeting the players, weren't they? Mm. With their, with their anger. I, I, you see, I worry though because, as I say, they're about that sort of lack of focus before the game. I mean, obviously, it sounded like a bit of a choke, but they didn't look like they were properly prepared psychologically for that game. And whoever's fault that was, whether it's you know the fault of Van Arnholt for saying that um, we're easily better than them, or whether it's the fault of the chairman for writing a column about how brilliant the squad is, or whether it's the fault of Allardyce for, for saying hey, big spend yeah. <laughs> or the fault of, of none of those and it's it's just a collective psychological malaise there's clearly something that wasn't quite right in the manner in which they prepared for that game yeah but then psychology this uh, managers and players have been struggling with that for years I remember Alan Smith when we were in the Premier League uh, brought in boxing gloves because he wanted the players to box each other to get a bit more a bit more intensity I mean we had psychologists <laughs> been brought in to, to you know to try and get players out of whatever funk they're in so this is this is not something that's new, is it? And it's also not something where there's like a clear answer, is there, Ed? It's just no. no um, on the thing of Allardyce, whether it's Allardyce's fault, I can't really comment on 
the dancing and the, the hey big spender stuff when are our managers going to learn to stop dancing yeah um, I, or like, I, I think he handled it after the game really well and how he how he talks about the fans and how they don't deserve to have to come and watch that sort of thing every week and calling them in at 7 o'clock in the morning to give them a bollocking and sort it out and hopefully um, like we've said a lot of times on this pod this is just another thing on that list of things that he's gradually figuring out of the club that he needs to fix um, and it's a long list, though, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, um, I yeah the the chalky thing is yeah I think it's arrogance. I, uh, I can't really say much else, really. I think the fact that we I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm struggling to find a, a, an answer for we it. All no, are, we all I think yeah. the fact that we're looking at a Serbian guy who. I can guarantee nobody really knows that much about and we're kind of Never relying on this Prem, guy to yeah. come, hasn't played yeah. in the Premier League yet. We're just going, right, he's going to be the saviour. Just <laughs> proves what a dire situation it is that an unknown guy you're hoping is going to be the one that's going to change yeah. everything. Yeah. It's like, well, he, he's, his name's a bit like Mila Jedinak, so yeah. hopefully... <laughs> I, I read uh, Dominic Someone Fyfield's... Someone should sing that as a song on something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dominic Fyfield uh, wrote a thing for The Guardian. I'm not sure if he wrote it yesterday or today, but it's about Palace um, and the recent results and what Big Sam's going to have to do to, to keep us up. And and uh, it it seems a bit... Even though it's the article was trying to find a glimmer of hope, and I, I like Dominic Fyfield, and I think it's a very coherent article the sort of things he's saying about how bringing Sacco in and bringing Milivojevic in are going to fix it are a little bit like it's hopeful isn't it yeah it's hopeful but then when you're struggling and you're desperate hope is sometimes all you've got Andy well you can go one that or two was, ways that was beautiful that was wasn't very it? romantic <laughs> the, way you, the way you just lent uh, hope is for Luca and Sacco it can go one or two ways they can, they've just signed they could either look at the weekend and just go oh my god what have we walked into or they could look at the weekend and go actually we, we could be heroes so they could either come in and just go actually we, we could be the ones that Palace look at the end of the season and go and the fans love us and adore us or they could just think oh what have we just walked into Another let, let, bit. I, I've got a hamstring problem <laughs> yeah. I guess months. as well like when it's really bad and when it's the worst it is the only way is up in a way like it's, it's easier to be like right we are the worst we can be so we go back to basics and we make it happen. Is is this the is this the lowest point of the season? I've already said that. If we go yeah, down, yeah, I would have no. thought that they, oh, okay. that they relegated. So far, potentially, yeah, so that's far. the lower one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think for a lot of people it, it will have been, but for me, I, I felt lower after the Swansea game in the sort of post-match few days because I felt that Pardew was never going to get sacked. Whereas I, that was a change that needed to happen because of the sort of systemic issues that it had caused and his tenure at the club had sort of facilitated. So him going at least gives a glimmer of hope. And I, you can't put absolutely everything on Alan Pardew, but a lot of those no. issues that are underpinning that team, their psychological weakness, that was there under Pardew, the sort of ability to fall apart at the end of halves, that was there under Pardew, the complete soft belly in the centre of midfield was there under Pardew. Unwise decisions made in terms of uh, recruitment yeah I mean you know all of these things are part of his legacy so I, it was it was bad on 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 Saturday against Sunderland but I don't know maybe it could get worse <laughs> oh my word Spe- speaking of Pardew did you see the the interview he did on being sport or whatever that was interesting wasn't it no yeah, I didn't so know. it was he basically said he didn't see the problem at Palace I was like, well, yeah, that's the problem. That was <laughs> the problem. Yeah. Well, maybe had he seen it, he might have been it's able to fix so it. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting that he, it was, he said in that interview, effectively, I, I think I'm right in paraphrasing him, that, mm. well, it was all down to having a fairly mediocre left back in Paps Poirot being out. And that was, oh, yeah, that was the thing all that precipitated all of this crisis. And if he only hadn't lost Suarez, then ab- absolutely everything would have been fine, which mm. is just a slightly bizarre position to take well, there's a few people no, around me in the ground just saying the other day oh this wouldn't have happened if Pardew was still there and that almost is a problem the fact we haven't had that sudden bounce from having a new manager yeah. um, is still causing it's just causing that divide in the club and that unrest there's unrest everywhere it, but, it doesn't help that Pardew comes in with that thing of Palace identity as well because he's got strong links to the club yeah. um, and he, he feels like one, one of our own basically yeah and we all kind of everyone wanted him to succeed because they yeah. we, thought it was a perfect fit and it turned out not to be but just going back to the new manager bounce I saw you send some tweets Andy before the pod tonight kind of putting that sort of myth to bed is that really a thing a new manager bounce you do under new managers occasionally get a bounce but a lot of it can be linked to the fact that the team was underperforming to a certain extent beforehand some of it can come down to fairly random factors I mean if you remember the period just after Pulis took over 
We had that game against West Ham where, frankly, we probably should have lost about 4-0 at home. Ended up getting a really lucky goal through Schumacher that comes off of his shoulder. Mm. Ended up getting three points from that. And you look at that run of games and go, oh, wow, there was a bounce. Mm. But over that sort of small amount of games, you look at the, the run we've had recently under Allardyce, if we don't have the referee making the decision that he does in terms of not letting Schlupp get up and receive treatment, you've got an extra point against Everson. And if you have not managed to miss the penalty against Watford you got an extra three points there yeah. you're talking about such slim margins over the course of a six game period and in certain instances uh, teams can sack their managers just because they're an actually a, a decent squad under an okay manager but are underperforming a little bit so then they're always going to regress to the mean as with Swansea mm. and you're seeing the Swansea now so it tends to be this really sort of easy way of examining things and just to go well there's a new manager they've started performing better so that better be performance or, or that better level of results sorry is down to the new manager when it, it doesn't quite work out like that there was um, I think a study by these Dutch football ec- economists who looked at new manager bounce across loads of different clubs and kind of concluded well in a lot of instances that team probably would have started doing better anyway yeah mm. right yeah yeah. was that 140 characters or? It, was, it, was, it was more than one more tweet than one, it? Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. it was, it was a thread, yeah. thread of tweets yeah. right. but equally it's kind of one of those things that because it's an easy way of explaining things you do get lots of pundits and lots of people in the media who kind of repeat it verbatim as if it's a fact and then fans go oh well you know I've seen it for myself Pard, uh, Pulis sorry, came in and won three and six and Pardew started doing well at the start of his tenure so it must be a thing so then when it doesn't end up happening you end up massively more frustrated and annoyed than ha- had it actually you know, been, so, been the case so in the first place maybe that was our new manager bounce yeah, that that is. <laughs> well, that's, well that's the thing if that's the case and teams that have a new manager bounce probably are going to go on and have it anyway does that mean that since we haven't had a new manager bounce we're probably likely to go on and just not do well this season maybe we've well, kind of seen the future in a, in a couple of games already well my point one of the points I made in one of my 82 tweets about this earlier was um, the fact that yeah it can be the case that a team was going to improve in terms of short term form anyway and it was just a, a temporary thing that meant they were underperforming but a new manager coming in is not going to make a team that are psychologically weak all of a sudden go, no. oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm all of a sudden feeling really resilient. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to choke again. And he's not going to come in and go, oh, that midfield, they're quite old. I'm suddenly going to make them two years younger. If there are sort of underlying issues there that are sort of systematically throughout the squad, there's nothing that a new manager can do. And had we even brought in bloody Pep Guardiola or someone like that, it still wouldn't have had that much of an effect the only sort of person that the new manager thing seems to have had a psychological effect on is Andros Townsend yeah he's lipped okay I, I think very very well and Travis was second there half, as well yeah, in, in we, the second half he's been coming out and going to the pub at the end and going Andros Townsend was, our was best one of the best players today <laughs> although I guess you that. know in the circumstances with everyone else playing so badly yeah. it's not that difficult to, to look so good um, okay Good first half, boys. Well done. That was that was analytical and fairly more not positive. Um, In part two, we've got questions uh, from our listeners, uh, lots of them, obviously. So let's have a short break and get into that in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We're not feeling a bit a bit better, boys, after part one? No. No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector Weather. K. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you mistook our nihilistic apathy for being upbeat, which we're most certainly not. Mm. Okay. Well, I am a little bit. That, the the, the ana- analysis of part one made, an- me, an- feel an- 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 analysis, yeah. <laughs> made me feel a bit better. Um, we're also sponsored by JCIS, the global <laughs> research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I certainly shall. Very Ooh. nice. So switch up a little bit. I liked it. I liked if it. I a switch lot. up the pod. Maybe Palace will switch up the way they defend next week as well. <laughs> we have had people. We had well, people. One person has asked us to change the uh, theme music back. Really? We're not, we're not doing that. We tried that so halfway through last season. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. Um, loads of questions. Just an extension the week later, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The first question is from Tim Harper. Hi, Tim. Tim. Tim just says, "What the f- was that?" This is part one, mate. See you later. <laughs> um, I think that's a sentiment probably shared by a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. disbelief. I, I mean, I wasn't even angry when I walked out of Selhurst on uh, definitely 90 minutes on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Martin Patrick Hi, Martin. Martin. says, um, so as not to be outdone by the players' performance on Saturday, I can't be asked to send in a question either today. <laughs> 
Very good, Martin. Um, lots of questions about Sam Allardyce. Uh, we didn't really sort of talk about Allardyce in the first part because uh, uh, we were sort of analysing the players um, psychologically. But a lot of people are asking, including Jen Roy. Hi, right, Jen, Jen Roy. Jethers77. All right, Jethers. Um, and... Oliver Delamitri. Oh, wow. oh okay. that's a good name. Yeah. Well, of, of the band Delamitri, possibly. See, I'm definitely in from the, the musical <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> um, anyway, they've said if well, varying questions. One has said if we avoid relegation, yeah. Yeah. is Allardyce the best long-term manager? Someone else has said if we get relegated, is he the best manager? And then Oliver Delamitri, just want to say his name again because it's a great name, has said, <laughs> is he still the right man for the job? So varying situations there, but is it too early to kind of say? I think it might be a little bit foolish to sack a manager who would take five million quid probably to pay up after six weeks in the midst of a pretty bad run. Mm. I mean, who has a proven track record of keeping teams in the league? Yeah. And also, as, as the Firefield article, which Ed mentioned in the first part, uh, mentions, yeah. he had an appalling run to start with at Sunderland. I think he'd lost like eight out of his first 11. 11, yeah, yeah. And then he... Basically, the article goes on to say started respecting getting points and got like six draws out of the last ten or something like that. Park the and bus, or ended up yeah, yeah shot, essentially shot. parking the bus. So I, mean, I get why people are frustrated by him already. Whether or not he stays, if we go down, and is the best person to stay if we go down. Yeah, wouldn't like to sound that one. Trav might have a view on that. Yeah, no, I think if if we were to go down, I think he would possibly stay for a season for the pure fact that he's never been relegated from the Premier League before and if he wants to go down it'd be a personal thing thinking right I want to take this team straight back up yeah, mm. and then keep him up for a season I don't know but then if he wants to go down would somebody else suddenly come in for him because they're struggling maybe six months through I, I, I can't answer those questions I haven't seen Sam in the uh, championship uh, I think if we stayed up the, this is the answer to the long term solution question maybe yeah. but if he's not he's only on a two and a half year contract which yeah. hopefully shows better decision making from the club yeah so like, yeah just, just give you a 20 year contract <laughs> I actually like I'm not that angry at Sam right now because I kind of feel like a lot of things that are going wrong are kind of out of his hands in a way and like you said in Ed in part one the way he talks in the press certainly after games it's very honest in, in a way it's a mirroring what a lot of us are saying and mm. you, you, it's difficult to kind of pick apart stuff he says in press conferences because it just kind of says what a lot of us are thinking so I don't think that's a bad thing that might great if we continue playing badly and, and he's still being really honest that might great after a while but right now it feels like he's sort of doing things right with the interview thing it does feel sometimes like he's reading off a script because he's been in the situation a few times before but it is so much nicer to hear someone reading off a script than making excuses saying the same thing after yeah, every... saying the same thing after every game yeah. well I mean by the end we were playing what's Pardew going to say bingo weren't we <laughs> uh, ref made a few bad decisions <laughs> Um, a question from Peter Brown. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Peter. Peter Brown, fifty. Sorry, um, says I need to speak to Miss Allardyce about Miss Soul PPI. No passion, no pride, no interest. Mm. I'm, I'm not responding to that, yeah. Peter. Okay. Thanks for listening, but I, I think I think it's <laughs> I think it's I, think, pow, pow, pow. I just think I just think you're wrong. I think if it, yeah. if it were as simple as just going into the dressing room and saying you're not trying hard enough, yeah. then frankly they've probably got someone who's blood and thunder type manager anyway who could yeah. go and do that in Allardyce. It's clearly not down to that, is it? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's sort of having a go at them for not being other people. It's like we know that Mac is not Kante. We know that you know we don't Benteke is not Costa, but we it's. It's definitely not. You saw Benteke's celebration after he scored in Bournemouth. Yeah. That. Yeah. Sorry. Are you telling me that's the reaction of someone that doesn't care about whether he wins or loses, whether he scores goals, whether his club stays up? Because I don't think it is. See, there you could. See, there was a little cutaway to the dugout where you see Punch and beaming from ear to ear, and Remy and Sam and uh, and Sammy Lee. Andros is so so happy to get the assist. Wilf is del- it, it's just that is a team of people that want to win and want it's, to score. It's the picture that's taken when he's running off to the fans and you see the rest of the team in the background celebrating with each other. Just thinking yeah. they don't run up to him; they go right. He's gone slow, but they're celebrating together. Yeah. It, was a, it shows they they care. Obviously, they care about Hennessy and Delaney hugging each other when 
you know, when uh, Delaney made that little mistake in the, the Bournemouth game. That I can write Hennessy. Hennessy spilling immediately <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> it's funny you bring up Hennessy because we had a lot of questions about the yeah. goalkeeping yeah, situation. Wind him up and watch him go. From <laughs> Hayden Letchley. Hi, Hi Hayden. Hayden. Lewis Howes. Hi, Lewis. Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Harry Voicey. Hi, Hi, Hi Harry. Uh, and S White ninety two. Right. Hi, S. S. White. S. Um, they all kind of say, surely it's time for Spironi to play. I mean, what do you guys think? Yes. 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 I mean, I'm <laughs> great. That's fine. <laughs> I just find it surprising that it's been so many consecutive managers now, who've I suppose Pulis always picked Hennessy, War uh, Spironi. Sorry. Warnock yeah, was... Bought, even though he bought Hennessy. Even though he bought Hennessy, maybe Pulis is the only one who knew what he was doing, frankly, <laughs> out of all of the run of managers we've had. So, it, it, again, I, I don't want to plagiarise Dominic Fivefield's article again, but you again made the point that uh, Hen, uh, that Spironi sorry, didn't do anything in that Bolton match in the cup to make it look like he would let us down. Yeah. And Hennessy, the thing is, quite aside from the obvious technical deficiencies in his game, Psychologically, you would have thought after Saturday he's going to be a little bit shocked. It comes down to the choking again. Well, yeah, quite. And and I do wonder whether just from the perspective of giving the fans up at Stoke a boot, the Palace fans at Stoke, just to be clear, yeah. uh, a boost. And just in terms, it, it would be like playing an academy kid, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> just a very old bearded academy just, kid. I find it quite sort of funny that the, the Palace Twitter has been uh, doing the memories thing and then tweeted the video of Danny Butterfield scoring our quickest hat trick ever as Hennessy that's in goal who spills it for yeah, the first yeah. one um, I, I, I got S. White's question wrong they just said um, is there any point throwing stick at Hennessy well, no, he'd only just it. drop it out <laughs> oh. it's pretty obvious um, also Carl Mortimer hi Carl, hi, Carl. Um, has said surely an in- injured Mandanda would be a better option than Hennessy how far off is he no idea. He didn't play in the 23s game yesterday that he was supposed to. So okay. maybe he's a little bit farther behind. Or maybe he's just healthy, too healthy for. <laughs> or maybe they figure out that he wasn't under 23. <laughs> 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 One of the above. Yeah. I mean, we've got to hope that we get him back yeah. soon. Because, I mean, if the coaching staff, and it's, it's different coaching staff now, obviously, as well, because yeah. Keith's gone, um, Andy Woodman's gone off to. Uh, would White Whitehawk manager um, and Pardew's obviously gone so it's now a different set of coaches and, and a ma- different manager that aren't picking Spironi so you do wonder if, if if they've come to a different view on things and fans have been privy to but I mean if that is the case and there is a valid reason for not picking Spironi and I, I can't see it myself but if, if that is the case then we've got to hope that Mandano get, gets fit really 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 quickly yeah, so, and it's also the uh, the, the defence. You can't have confidence if you've got a guy. The amount of times that you're watching highlights or something, and he comes out and he he makes a mistake that doesn't cost a goal, and you can see the players turn around, and he, there's that frustration between the, the defence and him. The captaincy hasn't helped Dan as well. I think that's really completely hindered his game. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't help when you've got a keeper behind you that it, it doesn't look like there's any trust there. There's no. There's no belief in each other. I don't think Hennessy believes in the defenders in front of him. They don't believe in the guy behind him. And that then resonates throughout the whole team, doesn't it? You then feel that uncertainty through everyone. And I guess that probably starts with the goalkeeper, doesn't it? Well, when was the last time the defence looked really resolute on the Pulis and who was in goal at the time? I mean, it's it's very easy to look at that and go, well, they're correlated rather than it being causative. But it, it still was the case that the last time we've looked genuinely resolute about was when Speroni was in goal. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. It makes it, it's one less thing for the defenders to worry about. You know, you've got someone that's commanding in the box. Someone that knows what they're doing. Someone that the fans love more than anything else. There would be an fans started singing uh, Julian Speroni on Saturday. Yeah. Mile, we were, we were down at Bournemouth and uh, we had some guys behind us who were a bit leery, but they were perfectly fine. And they started singing when Hennessy had the ball, they started singing for Speroni. And my old man, after the game, told me that he reckons he turned round and stared down one of these lads who was only about 18, 19 right. and the lad stopped singing about Ferroni <laughs> we need to get your dad on the podcast <laughs> Heisenberg <laughs> um, speaking of fans um, lots of questions about people walking out uh, at 4-0 down mm-hmm. um, Stavros69 Stavros. Uh, on the BBS has said at what point is it okay to walk out of whenever you want whenever, whenever you want yeah like we've got around the table here one person who walked out at half time we won't name them <laughs> I 
and we got two people who were there who uh, I think stayed to the end. I think I'm right. Mm, so. Yeah. Mm. And one person was uh, watched it on the stream. Yeah. I watched it on stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, now I'm you not give it away to guess who came, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> but I mean, at what point did you turn off the stream? By the way, yeah. If indeed that, you did turn <laughs> uh, not long into the second half, should I justify myself as to why I left at half time? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think. I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to justify. It is your choice to do that, and and some people will stay to the end, you know, even at 10 nil down. And some people, it's your money, you can decide to leave whenever you want. And in a way, le- leaving is a kind of form of protest, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of staying there booing, you leave, and that's your way of showing that it's... it's well, this is the thing, I I'm, I'm tend to be at the matches slightly more, I suppose, phlegmatic and quiet than some people. Maybe it's just getting old. Um, but, like, I tend not to be the sort of person who's jumping around with a drummer or anything. But equally, I, I don't really like being there when the atmosphere starts getting toxic. And I, I don't yeah. really feel that I want to spend my Saturday afternoon when it is that toxic staying there just so I can get annoyed at people getting annoyed or get annoyed at what's on the pitch or anything of that ilk. So I just decided I was going to go to the pub at half time. Yeah, and that's all, that's all came down to it. I'm, yeah. I'm sure the empty seats will have made... I'm, I sound like I'm self-justifying here, which I am to a certain extent. Um, I'm sure the empty seats will have made a bit of an impression on some of the players as well. They would have realised that loads of people have gone, do you know what, if, if, if this is... I wouldn't say if you can't be bothered because I've already said that I don't think it comes down to effort but if this is the first half you're going to serve up I'm not staying for the second yeah. well I mean I th- and I th- but I think uh, the reason we've got so many questions is because it's very rare for Palace fans to do that it has to get seriously bad as it did on Saturday for Palace fans to start doing that because by and large they stick behind the team I think when, that's the only they... time I've left them at half time yeah. yeah ever and I've been going now since what 1989 so first oh, time really? that I've left oh, that alone oh man you are an old man. Um, just to just to read out these people's questions, David Cheeseman was one of the guys asked about walking out, and he said, "I don't sport team for ninety minutes, no matter what." But he's put each to their own, which I guess is similar. To what we were saying. Yep. Neil Porter Hi, has, Neil. has said, "Not fit to wear the shirt." So this is the chant from the mm-hmm. some of the Palace fans. Where's the pride in that? Um, are some fans that sell has too far up themselves? I mean, is that another form of protest, though? Isn't it in a way? I think as long as things don't overstep the line metaphorically or literally, or literally yeah. in terms of what's acceptable, then people have a right to do what they're going to do. I mean, I don't personally like seeing it. It's not really my way of going about things. But ultimately, as long as they're not breaking any uh, any law or violating any of the sort of terms of their ticket or anything of that ilk, then that's how they want to express themselves. And, and fine, I think there's an underlying issue there that I think Allardyce has an issue has a problem that. Some fans just don't seem to have accepted him for whatever reason, whether and that's because he's Northern or because he's not Pardew. If or he took us into the top ten next season, there will be fans that won't accept him. Yeah. He's, he's got one of those personalities that's the most split out of anyone. There will be people that won't like him, but, but he doesn't care. Does no, he? he doesn't care about that. He doesn't really care about fan opinion. We chatted about it before when he came in on the podcast. You were talking about the very, very eloquently sort of dismantling that thing of we don't want a crook running our club. It's very much that thing. Oh, we don't want someone that's not Pardew running our club. Oh, we'll just really yeah, there that's are some true. fans that yeah, there are some fans yeah. that, that still want it to be Pardew regard, regardless. But mm. it isn't. Um, we should as well say about the the guy who on the pitch apparently has put an, an apology. Yeah, yeah, we just said people, that earlier. Yeah. Oh, 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 I was obviously <laughs> too busy eating pizza. Yeah. I retract that point. The okay. problem with old people, they lose their memory. <laughs> um, and right. apparently, that apology has been passed on to someone who knows Delaney personally, and that's going to. So it's going to get sorted out very personally. I oh, hear they're okay. going to fight in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cash me outside, how about that? <laughs> Sorry. I don't get that young person so reference. The, I thought you would. There's one for the young person. Okay. Uh, right, Paul Hewitt. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Has said, now obviously there were reports that uh, Steve Parrish went into the changing room uh, with the um, the OK from Allardyce uh, to give uh, a sort of an impassioned talk or to sort of pass on, I guess, the feelings of the fans from a fan's point of view to the players. Paul has said, if you were able to go into the dressing room at full time and talk to the players, what would you have said to them? Good question. That's a bloody good question. Very <laughs> good question. It is. I probably couldn't answer that now because I've thought about it a lot more. If it was straight after the game, I would have gone in there probably guns blazing and just yeah. gone, look lads. Raging. Yeah. I would, have, I would have again given the uh, talk from any given Sunday by <laughs> Al Pacino over some stirring back music. What do you mean again? Well, I, sp- I think I spoke about this the other week. It was a, re- it's a, was a really good callback, to be fair, yeah. Really? He said it the other week. Yeah, despite uh, turning up a slightly bit inebriated to that pod. It was the homework you gave us, remember? What would you say to ask, if you could ask any question to the changer oh, room, what would it be? I'd forgotten that. I would say, good callback, I would actually say, um, at the moment, your biggest problem is in your own head. 
And I'd, I would go, I would go along that that theme and along those lines, and just say, you know, effectively, you've defeated yourselves there today, mm. playing against a team that isn't technically better than you, that hasn't been in better form than you, that hasn't created more chances than you, that hasn't passed more accurately than you today, hasn't created more chances generally, and you still managed to lose. And that's down to you thinking you're going to lose. And then I'd uh, say, do you want to sign me up to be your sports psychologist now? <laughs> and then he'd go, no, because you're just coming out a load of trite cliches now, piss off. <laughs> and you're not allowed, you're not allowed in the change room. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll probably mention something to them. I'll probably go in and mention something to them along the lines of, because there's quite a few players in that locker room now that haven't been at the club when we've been doing very well. And um, I'll go in and just go, look, lads, just look like you're trying and it will change the atmosphere around the whole club. Because at the moment, that's, that's where the major problem is, that people are looking in it and they're not... They're not seeing effort from some people and they're seeing people give us go. If you just just show that you're not giving up and then the fans will jump on you, won't jump on your back as much. Yeah. And then the whole thing just becomes a lot easier. Just grind out a few nil-nils. You don't we don't want to see this, we don't want to see that. People just want to see that there's a bit of effort, a bit of a bit of backbone, a bit of fight. Respect the point. Exactly. Yeah. Respect the point. What do you guys think about respecting the point? We need all the points we can get, so yeah. You well, agree we, with yeah. Anadice's approach to that? Of course. If we'd have 100%. done that uh, against Burnley away, Swansea away, uh, Watford. Watford. Yep. Yeah, there have been numerous games where we we dropped points just by well, going gung ho. Game points, weren't we? Then? Yeah, we did well, get points. Watford, but yeah, the points would have been yeah. through. Um, okay, um, Selhurst under lights. It's not, it's not flashing light show lights, is it? Or just I Selhurst. Um, has said do the panel think that Kevin's paranoia obviously Kevin's not here to defend himself about doing right. a, about we'll pass it on to Ed about oh. doing a Charlton has borne fruit what's, the what's doing a Charlton doing a Charlton I think becoming you know, the fans getting a bit ahead of themselves uh, a bit too quickly yeah but it's not just the fans who've done that is it yeah I think if anything it's, it's okay. fans who aren't sort of it's we don't we, we don't want to we don't want to win the Champions League I mean, yeah. Speak for <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't want to. You know, we're not expecting top four finishes. We are expecting to have a Premier League squad and stay in the Premier League. Well, especially when yeah. we spent forty odd million in January, the, mo- the most money I think, and fifty in the summer. So you spent like what yeah. eight, eighty-five to ninety million over two transfers. Mm-hmm. We don't. I don't think we are as demanding as Charlton fans were no. when whatever it was four years into their state. I think we are realistic, but we we certainly demand a bit more of what of what's happening at the moment. It's not like it's, this. Isn't this pod is an Arsenal fan TV? It's not. No, no I don't think Palace fans generally are no, that no, unreasonable. No. But if you've watched, I, I don't even want to look back at what the numbers are of sort of home wins. It's pretty poor, isn't it? Like thirteen wins in ninety now. Or no, it's, tw- it's twenty-two in sixty-nine since we got promoted. It's, it's no wonder that people get frustrated. That's, that's I'm not, not even not... laughing at the number sixty-nine. That's upsetting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not. You're not talking about so a club person's pod. A winning sort of one game out of every three. Wait a minute. Is that one game out of three? I think it might be. No, it's not. It's less than that. Um, it, it's not being overly demoralised. It's just saying what well, it gets really demoralised. If you go to Selhurst with a season ticket every single week, and you end up losing week after week after week after week, that stat of what is it, forty quid per point more now probably for season ticket holders, and it's it's not realistic. Oh, sorry, it's not an unrealistic expectation to see your team go to Bournemouth and do that, yeah, and then come to Sellers Park on a Saturday with a great atmosphere. Everyone's really riding high, and for that to happen, yeah, being disappointed in that isn't unrealistic. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Mark Davies, oh, hi Mark. Hi Mark. Says, hi Mark. what charities should the team donate their wages to? Oh. Um, the FYP Foundation. Yep. Yeah, the Andy Street halftime pub fight, <laughs> <laughs> which, which ended up being far larger than it should have been because of yeah because of the forty five minutes extra in the pub. Someone was talking to me in the balls and saying he wanted his tickets refunded. A lot of people I've seen have said that oh, on the internet. I mean that's not going to happen. No, but speaking not. of tickets, we have had a few questions from people talking talk about season tickets from next season because there was slightly badly timed tweets from Palace, wasn't there? Asked for people uh-huh. to renew their season tickets for next yeah. season. Stephen Gold Stephen Goldring has says, "Have you renewed your season tickets?" No, I'm going to wait to see if there's a discount in the championship. <laughs> yeah. um, Mark B Hi, Mark. says, will they be reducing the price of season tickets if we get relegated? I don't think that happens, does it? Or see does previous it? answer. Um, <laughs> and then Mark Williams Hi, Mark. Uh, says, uh, given our current home form, is charging 45 quid for a main stand seat for Watford outrageous or insulting? Good options there from Mark. What? 45 quid? 
It's insidious. <laughs> it's out-salting. Yeah, I, I you're, think you're lo- lots of fans would probably find it both, won't they? I would have thought at that price. It's a lot of money, uh, given, um, yeah, given current form. I saw the, the home kits and they're now 25% off at the club shop. For, yeah. for the they always are this time of year, though, I think. They mm. Again, it's that ty- thing of timing. It happens yeah, just ty- <laughs> yeah. Um Right, shall we have... Uh, oh, I've got another a question about Wilfred Zaha here, oh, actually. Yes. Uh, from Bill Relia. Hi, Hi Bill. And Bill says, um, he's put, here's one to detract from the Hennessy haters. Uh, which it You're does, welcome, Bill. It's been relatively Hennessy light this pod, actually. Yeah, it has a bit. Although it does feel at the moment that every, everyone hates Hennessy. I mean, there's nothing really to say that everyone knows... I don't hate Hennessy, just don't think he's a very good goalkeeper. Sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> you turn up early, you turn up sober, <laughs> you start saying that you don't hate Wayne Hennessy. It's almost like all of these things are correlated. <laughs> yeah. but this goes back to what you were saying, Andy. Uh, he's put, uh, Bill's put, uh, Wilf ran the left back ragged early on, the fella got booked, given a final warning to the red card. Did Wilf laugh at him and torment him with skill and pace? No, he moaned at the referee, got himself booked, and then moved to left wing. Discuss. It's kind of like Wilf of old, wasn't it? In some yeah. Ways. I, I, I couldn't understand it because there have been certain games where Wolf has not got the free kicks that he's deserved and hasn't been given the protection by a referee that he deserved. Thought that, from what I saw of the match, Mariner wasn't that unfair. I mean, you could have argued that he deserves a second yellow for, for mm. that challenge, but equally you can see why he's given him a final final warning rather than doing so. I don't think it was such an outrageous decision that you know you should be kicking off the man that Wolf did, but, did, but he kind of went into his shell again. And... I mean, is that a systematic of the whole team right that now? sitting down and shrugging your shoulders thing instead yeah. of just, you know. Whereas we all, we all know, Wilf on current form can, can beat almost any fullback in this league. Well, Certainly especially one on the yellow. Once he'd already got him as a, yeah, exactly. Once he'd already got him on the yellow, you kind of thought, well, torment him for the rest yeah. of the game. If, even if you've not got the red card out of the ref for that particular foul, if he keeps on fouling you and you keep on tormenting him in that manner, eventually that sending off will come and that will put your team in a good position. Is it an indication yeah. though that, that at the moment, and it goes back to the psychology we are talking about in the first part, that the players feel that things are against them right mm. now. Everything is against them. And there's almost like, it's like Will, sometimes you look at him and he, you think he's thinking there's no point. What's the point in me trying because I'm not going to get decisions? And mm. I guess that kind of manifests itself to the rest of the team. Good. Yeah. As you know, I don't know. No, I think that's a good point. I, I agree. It, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. Final few questions. And the other thing is, he has been, he has carried us on quite a few occasions yes. this season as well. And it's almost that that season. I've done this and I've done that, and none none of you lot seems to try. I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know what the uh, the team are like around each other at the moment. But you can't imagine they're very happy with each other. They just need to. Well, didn't they? Haven't they organised their own personal meeting? They seem. I've read that somewhere that they've all just gone don't right. We, we all need to have a sit down and around. Oh, you table, wouldn't be surprised, maybe. I don't know. Without maybe. a manager, without this team, I do know that teams have their own WhatsApp groups. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> just quickly, maybe that's uh, that 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 defeatist thing is part of the this sort of choking syndrome for the whole team. Maybe that's why it's good to get people like Schlupp and Van Arnholt and Milivojevic and Taco in that don't have that sort of team. Us versus them mentality of, of, of 14 months of poor results where you can maybe end up feeling like there's no point even trying. Yeah. Um, maybe that will be the sort of refreshing aspect to it. Hopefully, will. Um, <coughs> David Fraser. Oh, Hi, David. David. Has said, so much has gone wrong. This is a bit of a wider question. So much has gone wrong since the American investors got involved. Has their input had a detrimental effect? I mean, very generalistic uh, question, but... I think, do you think maybe, I don't know, I've been trying to... I've heard people talk about that this week, and I've been trying to figure out if it's circumstantial or not. Is it any coincidence that you're reaching for the cost there? <laughs> <laughs> um, as I saw someone already point out, I think it matters if uh, it's dollars or pounds. Needed the money. Yeah. It's not... I think the, the problem probably comes, as we, again, said on the pod before, from the, the branding, trying to make us the... Uh, Arsenal of South London instead of um, having sort of our getting ahead actual, of ourselves a bit yeah, too yeah, quickly. Yeah. This is a good time for a plug. I interviewed uh, Alan Smith, former Palace manager, for the next issue of FYP, which is out on the twenty fifth against Borough. Seamless plug. Um, and he when makes, you say seamless plug at either end of the plug, it really kind of <laughs> helps to uncamouflage it. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> um, but he makes that exactly that point that you're saying that yeah. in Palace's history, and it's not just this season, but in previous times, we seem to. Do well, get in the top flight, look like we're doing okay, and then something changes. We get ahead of ourselves a little bit. We make decisions that we're not ready for, and it kind of unsettles 
unsettles palace maybe we're not sometimes we're not ready for that and does it feel like we're sort of doing that now I don't know I, I, I can't that's, this is where the problem I think we've already mentioned it already today this is where the problem lies the fact that we can't put our finger on anything could it be the American investments could it be the fact that Hennessy's been shoddy for a while could it be the fact that the captaincies affect Dan could it be the fact that we've got too many players on too much money could it be the fact that we're signing too many people and we're not fitting into the team could it be the fact that we've sacked a manager could yeah. it be the fact that we had that manager in the first place could it be this could it be or that all these things together all these things so I don't know it's a delicate mosaic of F-ups nice <laughs> that's, that's beautiful <laughs> that is beautiful that is going to be the uh, title for this week's pod delicate <laughs> <laughs> um, okay final few questions then I want a quick answer to this one from you all Nigel Croucher I said is it too late to save this season in all honesty we're only two points off no. loads of teams at the moment and yeah. there's still lots of very winnable games left I, I don't get why people are being quite so defeated about it. yeah there's Still a lot of good teams to play, but equally, three out of our last six are Hull, Leicester, and one of the other teams down in the round. I can't remember. Barra. I look at it. Barra down there as well. Yeah, so there's there's plenty of points to be won. And if and we do build up a bit of resilience, we will nick a point off some yeah. of the top six in those games. Yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. We, we have done it. It's, it's a good thing that they're at the end of the season, so we've got the, that little buffer to build up that resilience. I'll yeah. stick with what I said a few weeks ago, that I think we have the most winnable fixtures out of all of them. Again, you can't really say it in great confidence after after <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. But um, we do, I still think, have the most winnable fixtures out of the bottom six. Also, and it's so, so tight down there. It's really tight with, with a lot of teams, not just yeah. like the bottom three or four. Yeah. Well, the, the very fact that had, points, had we won that, we would have got into 15. <laughs> just shows how yeah. we're in 19. Do you think as well, though, that we're there, very lucky. fans of other clubs are probably looking at us and thinking, well, that was a weird result, but Palace have a good team. They've got a good run. They're only two points in it. We're probably the only ones that are like, well, this is the only ones falling apart because it's Palace. Outside of the club, it probably doesn't look too bad. You see, there's still a lot of people out there that still have that opinion that Palace have a squad that are too good to go down. And that's a lot of pundits' opinions on it when 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 they kind of brush over the question, oh, they're too good to go down. But you know, is that a thing? Yeah, it's, it's not a thing. It, oh, too too, too big good to, to fail. Too, 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 what? Yeah. Is being too good to go down a thing? I don't think yeah, it is, but no, I think. No. Newcastle um, Villa last season. I've had, in terms of pundits, I agree with Trav, but I've had people come up to me in the pub and say, Oh, you're a Palace fan, yeah, you like getting relegated. It's like, Yeah, cheers, buddy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Keep that in writing, please. <laughs> was, that, was that Andy on Saturday? <laughs> um, final question. Yeah. From yes. CPFC Therapy. Happily <laughs> named. Yeah, very good. Twitter handle. Serious question, guys. In Pardew's time at Palace, we've seen him vote for Brexit and Trump. <laughs> Can we blame him for this? Yes. <laughs> I'm not going near those two subjects because I get people annoyed when I go make any form of political allegory. So I, uh, I, I'd, I'd be quite surprised if Party could be blamed for that. Well, yeah. he doesn't see the problem with Trump and Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, thank you very much for your questions. In part three, we're going to look forward to... Well, we said it was... Look forward. No, We've never heard that look like, used yeah. in conjunction with Palace before. <laughs> we're going to look ahead. Anticipate. Um, and we yeah. say this every week, don't we? To a big game. Every week it seems to be a big game. This is another big one away at Stoke. Mm-hmm. So join us in a bit. Back to this week's Private Plan podcast. Yeah. I've nearly got, uh, uh, really got excited there. Nearly, yeah. yeah. Nearly. Slightly better than part one. Um, sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and whatever you need. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. Um, Stoke away. I, I believe it's Palace on Tour Day. Yes. Is that right? They're doing free coaches. I think mm. well, yeah. there you go if ever there Probably was a... so that no one demands a refund the people be there after <laughs> oh no one can leave a half time encourage right? people well, yeah, to... <laughs> that's true um, there's only one pub at Stoke as well is which there? is like a terrible I think Harvester or one of those that's cause oh it's, it's right by the ground isn't exactly, it exactly yeah because yeah. it's an out of town stadium mm. at and... least Big Sam demanded it for the gravy yes <laughs> probably probably if ever there was a game that needs uh, Palace fans back on side I guess or supporting in their numbers it's got to be Saturday Hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And how do we want to see Palace line up? Uh, we've had a question from Pasta Pocket. Hi, Pasta. Pasta. Great name. That says, surely Remy should start up top with Benteke against Stoke. We were toothless going forward against That was the interesting thing against Sunderland, wasn't mm. it? I was amazed that he went with exactly the same lineup and, and outlook. Because you just would have thought, well, 
The one team that you probably go a little bit more sort of attacking and a bit more four four two is Kevin actually said it in the middle of the week, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Go for jugular a bit more. And yet we went with exactly the same setup. Mm. Uh, Stoker are clearly better footballing side than Sunderland. So I don't know whether it's actually an instance where you might want to go a bit more defensive. Maybe. Maybe the fact that they are <coughs> will allow us to set up a little bit more like we did against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, uh, do we know anything about uh, Luca and Saka being fit? Sorted, for... didn't it? Uh, Has he got Luka, it sorted? I don't, not, I don't think it's 100% yet, but I think if he's available to play, I reckon he will get, play, get started. Yeah. I, th- I think I would be if it's... amazed if Saka doesn't come in for Delaney. Yeah. yeah. And I think if... Oh, it's a big call on whether or not Spironi comes in for Hennessy. Yeah, you wouldn't be surprised if it happens, would you? Do you think I... Townsend will start? Probably earned it, hasn't he? Yeah, he probably yeah. has earned it in the same way that say Remy earned it. That Remy exactly is probably. I mean, we've been unlucky with with not getting the most out of in terms of his injury. But in the last couple of games, he's looked like he could actually do something for us going mm. forward. He carries the ball very well. So I don't know. In a way, I feel like three the three five two probably suits us better away from home and work down at Bournemouth. Mm. Um, and is it a case, I guess, of us just respecting the point again? And maybe not going too crazy. If we got a point from Saturday, I'd be delighted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. More than delighted. Especially um, if Leeching Young scores on from 35 yards. <laughs> <laughs> is, he still, is he still at the club? Get Jordan much back. That's what I that, that was the end of the run. That was the end of the, of the Pardew run, wasn't it, that game? Yeah. Because yeah. we, didn't, we didn't end up winning again for about four months. And I went to a wedding on that day <laughs> of my good friend's Lucy and Tom and I've told him you broke Palace <laughs> coincided entirely we've never been the same since can you get divorced for Christ's sake and neither of them are football fans so they won't which I just think is inconsiderate <laughs> extremely yeah extremely rant over thank you, you. you're welcome subject of the ire for this podcast always look forward to it yeah yeah. Would you guys st- start Luca then bearing in mind as you said Travis we don't really know a lot about no, him no, I don't, yeah we don't really I don't think he'll start if he hasn't got his visa sorted and he hasn't got his family over or whatever and hasn't sorted out all those problems within three days. If he, hasn't, if he isn't sorted by today, I don't think, or tomorrow latest, then I don't think he'll start mentally. I but I reckon he'll probably come off the bench at some point. I think he'll want to get him on the pitch in the Premier League as soon as possible. Sacco will start if he's available over Delaney. And we'll set up five at the back again, like we should, away from home. Yeah, But at home... Like we were saying earlier, against a team like Sunderland who set up to get a, a nil-nil draw, why didn't we? Yeah. Well, because we were respecting the point. I've never said to respect the point so many times. They did pretty well on that nil-nil draw, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> the highest scoring nil-nil draw that I've seen in some time. Oh, yeah, I still... Nil-nil in the second half. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most optimistic thing. I've... I still, I still maintain that we should do. Uh, if Lucas not got his visa ready, we should yeah. do on Saturday. We should have done last Saturday, which is stick a beard on him. Put, put him in Ledley's shirt and just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if he's eligible, I think he plays. Yes. Then might I mean is Kabai fit? Do we know? Because obviously he went off he on came Saturday. Off, yeah. We came up quite early as well, didn't we? Obviously. Or back down. It was that just cramp. I assume that was just cramp. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Handy to an answer. I suppose if you're looking for some sort of silver line, there's a bit more in the way of options now. If you want to try yes. and play in different ways or go with different personnel, but it seems to me that. They, they've looked so fundamentally broken and porous in the centre of the park for some time that you'd be amazed if you didn't make at least one perhaps two and three changes in that area you have to after losing four at home to Sunderland surely of you course, can't yeah, play the same team you have to be looking to make changes if I may inject a little bit of optimism uh, I don't know if it was mentioned on the last pod but I saw uh, Milovojevic's Instagram post from when he left Olympiakos and it reads nearly word for word the same as what Jedi put on his Instagram when he left Palace mm. which is promising so I'm choosing to to think that uh, there's a reason we've got him in seemingly out of nowhere he yeah. wasn't he, it wasn't really a rumoured signing it was just sort of fairly quick and well it was a signing that we've we've moaned on this pod that Palace don't make enough mm, yes. you know, sort of a, a random gamble a scouting system that goes further than south yeah. of England undiscovered people undiscovered and, and in a way it feels like when we signed Jednak because Jednak came from Turkey yeah. unknown mm. was about the same sort of age uh, defensive midfielder obviously and we gave him a chance and it took him to our settle but he's ended up being a very crucial player for us so it kind of feels like we're getting a, a, a Jednak part two presumably he's played Champions League football at Olympiacos hasn't he mm-hmm. mm. is that right I don't yeah. know maybe I think, I think so so I mean, he's probably played to a higher level than Jednak had played at uh, whoever it was in, in Turkey. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. the name of the team. Yeah. Well, we got Flamini in as a Champions League footballer, and that, 
It's been. I, I, I'm, I'm. Hopefully, it's not just a let's get a player that's as like Jedinak as possible thing. Just as wouldn't be the worst thing ever, though, would it? No, no. But I mean, like, let's just have a look. At someone that's superficially like him. We don't know. Hopefully, it is a. This block is going to sort it out. Don't worry, we've had a look, sort of thing. I'm, I'm choosing to remain optimistic. <laughs> but it needs changes to the spine of the team. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I'm actually particularly excited about Sacco. I think he's, there's something about him, whether it's his crazy uh, photos when he signed on deadline day and looking his Snapchat stories of his, dogs in Liverpool. Exactly, there's something about him that feels. Really? A bit, Have you not seen that? He, every, he, he would take pictures of like. Um, Pit bulls and just right, found another scouse dog. Another scouse dog. But doesn't doesn't there's something about that that feels a bit sort of almost uh, cult heroy already it, in it, a way. It, yeah. He has the same type of feeling as when uh, Adebayor came in a strange way. A bit he has came he's come with a personality. Well, well, I suddenly feel optimistic again about. No, it. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, not but the difference way, being he's, that he's come we, with a bit of yeah, bit character. But, but he's come with a bit of character having actually played. In the yeah. last six months, and is, yeah, there's also and a player that to, yeah, and can well, actually add something to our team. Exactly. Instead of just like a bit of a gamble, yeah. he's actually someone that we're signing. But in terms of character, he feels like someone that could possibly could just spark, put a bit of happiness onto the training ground. Not that I know what's going on at the training ground. I don't want to seem like I'm I'm there every day. I'm not, unfortunately. Trav just uh, winked into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was blinking, blinking. So we can only see one side of my face. Um, but I, I hope that, that, that that's what he can do. And well, we were talking just, earlier. Just give people a bit of a boost, something, something different. Well, exactly, because we were talking earlier about, you know, the players finding it hard to psychologically get over that kind of bat, that, that kind of hill of we're not going to win when things go against us. Sacco seems like a kind of player that, that, that seems almost arrogant in his kind of approach that, that you know, he's a good player, he's a good player and... and well, hopefully, bring back a sort of self belief. It's uh, again to bring up. This is a very Dominic Fifield heavy podcast. Uh, but in his, she just read out his article. <laughs> should have just and, uh, yeah. left it at that. He, I asked he, him to say hello at the beginning as well. <laughs> Hi, Dom. He he does. He just he does say maybe that's a really really smart signing because he won't be required to be as much of a footballing defender as when he was at Liverpool. And maybe we'll get him for more of his getting in people's face with his yeah. and with his. Personality and his, his energy, sort yeah. of thing. Hopefully desperately all, needed right now. Yeah, I think now you've hit that right. He's on a money. lot more athletic than the centre backs we currently have at the moment. Yeah, and a lot more cool hair as well. <laughs> yeah, he's got cool hair. Um, okay, prediction then, guys. Four 0 to Stoke. <laughs> After how many minutes? <laughs> Forty six. <laughs> anyone? Anyone going to back a Palace winner um, or a point? One all. Yeah, we we'll take that. Oh, I'm going to hope for yeah a one all and grabbing. Uh, in fact, I think we will be one nil up for mo- we'll, we'll grab a goal in the first half, but we will, we will throw it away in the last five minutes of a half like we have done. Either the first half or the second half, we'll give away a goal. But it but then we'll come back and speak next week about us getting a point. I think we'll I win. Think next happen. pods will be no. This is the turning point. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, I'm going to go and start supporting Beijing Enterprise Group. I think. Yeah, yeah, the Chinese team that look like Palace. Yeah. Are they throwing that much money out there buying people off Palace podcast now <laughs> yeah. as well? Yeah, they put okay. in a transfer request for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Right, OK. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, listeners, we'll be back with you after Palace's one all draw at Stoke um, oh, Ed thanks for, thanks, <laughs> thank you. thanks for joining Trav Andy Cheers. you're welcome thank you well listeners we hope we're more upbeat next week uh, see you then Podcast Network.